the winter field was planted, the seed stones buried to the depth of a woman's wrist. Any deeper end they might decline to sprout. Any shallower end, well, there were tales enough of that. Children stayed up all night for the terror of them. So did women in this season, taking turn and turn, but not for tales, for the real danger that slept in this walled and barricaded field. It had been a strange winter, cold, and then summer warm, and then properly cold again. Trees budded and flowers tried to bloom, then a new frost withered them. Sharis had even seen a bat flittering in the dusk, aimless and confused, roused by the warmth from its long winter sleep. She stood guard on the wall. The spear shaft was light in her hand, the horn disproportionately heavy at her hip. If she turned, she could see the circles of houses in the village, all dark now, and all within sleep. One of those houses was hers, the children in a pile like puppies, and probably a puppy or three in it too, and Dayon, their father, snoring between them and the door. He had been with her when her turn on watch began, but only for company. Men could not guard this of all the fields, as dangerous as it could be for women, for men it was deadly. She yawned and stretched, but cautiously. The spring-like warmth made her skin prickle. She peered down into the field, scanning the neat furrows. Nothing stirred. The earth was still. The seeds slept as they should, hoarding their strength for the true spring. The men liked to think they were the lords of creation, even here, where they should have known better. They sat in their circle while the wind howled outside the mother's house, and the snow piled high against the walls, where only yesterday the grass had been trying to grow. They were plotting wars, though when Sharis passed on her way to the looms, Dayon glanced at her and said a little too loudly, For defense, of course, if the rivermen are hungry for spring lamb, or the horsemen have run out of grazing lands again. But nobody can touch us, young Mellus said. He was new to the circle, more by courtesy than by right, having handfasted the mother's fifth daughter at the autumn feast. What we grow in the walled garden, it protects us. We don't need to go out and fight. Strength feeds strength, said Ayas the bull. Our strength of mind and will, their strength of everything else, Mellus said. Why do we need to go out at all? We can stay home and be at peace. Do we? asked Dayon. Even knowing she heard, maybe because she was there. What if they won't grow any more? Every year the women range farther in search of the seeds. What if there aren't any more to be found? What then? Who will defend us? We will, Ayas rumbled. We are men. We fight. It's what men do. Peace is for women. But men can't lead them, said Melas. Only women can. That, said Ayas, as Dayon said, could change. Sharis let her foot slide and the rushes scattered on the floor. They rattled quite satisfactorily. The men started like the guilty children they were. She smiled and bent her head and left them to wonder what price they would pay for their foolishness. Every winter we hear the same nonsense the mother said. She was threading a new loom with spun wool the color of winter branches. She barely paused for Sheriff's recounting of the men's conversation. Every spring the crop sprouts and they remember their place. What if this time they don't? Sheriff asked. What if my man is right? 
What if we go out in summer and there are no seeds to find? What do we do then? The other women shook their heads in much the same way as she had shaken hers at the men. So would she if she had been hearing this from someone else. But the small, cold spirit feet walking down her spine told her this was different. No one else felt it. Even the mother, who should have felt it more strongly than she, said, You know what will happen if it must, but it will not. Not this year, not next, not ever, as long as our strength holds. Shara should have bowed to the mother's wisdom, but her back was still cold and her throat had locked shut. The latter kept her from saying what was in her mind, but not from thinking it. And if it did not? She reached for her loom with the deep green fabric half-finished on it, stretched it out, and slipped the spindle from the weaving, and went mutely to work.